All right, what if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that is exactly what you're going to get. They can help you find work in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. Summer is upon us, and whatever you have going on, a vacation, a staycation, a summer wedding, well, Macy's has you covered. If you need summer dresses, matching sets, volume sleeve tops, wedges, straw-crafted bags, I mean, really, they have what you need head to toe. I'm talking Levi's, Dolce Vita, Lacoste, and more. So shop summer must-haves at Macy's. Go to Macy's.com slash style. Again, that's Macy's.com slash ownyourstyle. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. Something I for sure love having in my home is super clean countertops. And I love when it smells good too. So you can bring the vacation vibes to your home with coconut scented Clorox and Tiva. It smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy with a refreshing scent that'll transform your space into a tropical island retreat and give you a powerful clean. No plane ticket required. Unleash your self-expression with the enchanting coconut fragrance of Clorox Sentiva. You can get yours at a nearby retail store, also available in grapefruit or lavender scents. Life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful thing. Laugh a little more thing. Tight, tighten up your core thing. Said EK, you're kicking it with four things. With Amy Brown. Welcome to another episode of Four Things. I am Amy Brown, the host and pretty pumped about today's four things. Three out of the four are interviews, which sometimes I have no interviews. Sometimes I have, you know, at least one interview out of the four, but today interview heavy. So up first, I've got Kale Junkie, which her name is Nicole. Her Instagram handle is at Kale Junkie and she's awesome. Uh, She is getting vulnerable with us today and starting her story with us because I'm going to have her on a couple of times, but today we're going to start with um, her eating disorder past and uh, when she thinks that started and her issues with food. And then, um, you know, we'll kind of get into that part of her life and then later have her back on to talk about when she started to heal from it. And I just hope that this will give y'all hope that if you do struggle with food or body image, and I think this is great for anybody to listen to because somebody in your life is probably going through this and you may not even know it. Like Nicole's going to share how people in her life had no idea 
um, you know, how broken she was on the inside and the relationship she was having with food and that, you know, she was throwing up and because on the outside she had it all together. She's a lawyer, um, looked great, um, you know, but inside she was really damaged. So I feel like it's just, it's a good one. Um, and I'm excited that Nicole is willing to share her story with us for uh, at least, like, I think I've got like three episodes coming up with her. Um, also on today's episode, Adam Bobo is back. He is the um, IV guy here in town. He's come on the before and talked about, you know, getting hydration and vitamins through IV. And he's awesome, but he do, he does a lot of things with his body and he's really knowledgeable on health and fitness. And like, he'll test out his body for certain things like, oh, to see if it works, like, you know, celery juice is all the rage. So he'll drink it for 30 days or he'll go keto for 30 days just to see how he feels. So I asked him to come on and talk about intermittent fasting because I have done it, but I'm not an expert on it. And he has way more knowledge about our bodies and how they function and why intermittent fasting is good for you. But he does have tips for females versus males. And I learned that as a female, I was kind of fasting too long. So I'm now implementing some tips that I learned from Bobo from my little talk with him. So excited to have him on. And then I have a tip for parents out there. I have something called the get along shirt. I mean, if you're not a parent, you might need this for, you know, just your spouse or your boyfriend, or maybe just a friend in your life. Like we all might need to get a get along shirt. So just a quick little thing on that. And then lastly, another interview with my girl, Carla Marie. She does a show in Seattle, a morning show. She works for iHeartMedia, but like me, she's a female in this industry, which, you know, if you're in it, you, you know, it's a male dominated industry. And so uh, she has a lot of thoughts on that and sometimes what what we have to deal with or how she's perceived. And and I even agree with some of the stuff she was saying. Like, I, yeah, I, I feel that way too. But she, I'm a co-host on my show and Bobby's the host, whereas she is the host of her show with another guy. Like it's 50-50, it's their show. And people just always assume that she's the co-host. So anyway, she deals with uh, some different issues because she gets to be in more control and say things. And then all of a sudden people think she's being a diva when she's not doing anything different than a guy would be doing. So we got that coming up with her, which um, I just adore her personality and she's awesome. And, you know, also has a story of working hard for what you want. So like, if you've got a dream, chase it because she's someone that started in New York working for the Elvis Duran show on the, the, bottom the at the bottom and now she has her own morning show in Seattle so if you work hard you can make things happen so thank you Carla Marie for coming on and I guess that's the that's the menu for the show today but before we get in to the actual podcast oh I do want to say that Bobo wanted me to add after we got done recording that he's a fan of how intermittent fasting will increase your metabolic rate so if you're looking to increase your metabolism, I think he said it's like by 4%, it'll increase if you, but just simply by implementing intermittent fasting. So he didn't, he didn't say that in the interview. So he's like, if you could tell people that, that'd be great. Cause I wanted to say that. So Bobo shout out, I got you. And quickly, I want to give another shout out to my friend, Caroline hobbies podcast, and it's called get real Caroline hobby. She sits down with, um, the wives of successful artists, like country male artists in our industry. And some of the 
main interviews you should check out that she's got, some that I noted that are pretty good, are with Luke Bryan's wife, Caroline Bryan, Abby Smyers, which is Dan's wife of um, Dana Shea, uh, Caitlin Brown, Kane Brown's wife, and Cassie Kelly, which is Charles Kelly's wife. He's in Lady Antebellum. So just how these wives are strong and awesome, and they have their own thing going on, and they've you know found a voice in their husband's success, and they use their platform for good, and you know they're not just chilling there in the shadow. So um, that's another podcast you can check out if you want to. So that'll, all that said, kind of we'll call that housekeeping out of the way, and We'll get into today's episode. Here we go. First thing. That's right. Ah. Okay, super excited because I've got Kale Junkie on. So at Kale Junkie is her Instagram handle, but her name is Nicole. Nicole Modic. And I just learned I've been saying her last name wrong. And so if you've heard <laughs> me talk about her in previous episodes, that's why. But she's got an amazing story. She's uh, definitely been on a journey with food and her body. And uh, we're kind of kind of start from the beginning with Nicole because she's someone that I definitely want to have on multiple times because there's a lot that she has to offer. And I think it's important though to start from the beginning and she's going to get vulnerable with us and share uh, her eating disorder past and where it all started. And something that I've told y'all time and time again about this podcast is I want this to be a place where people can come and know that they're not alone. No matter what you're going through, uh, you're not alone and you're never alone. And sometimes you can feel isolated and you just in this dark place where you feel like nobody will understand exactly what you're going through. But this is a story, if we're going back to the beginning with Nicole, that that hopefully will offer that that comfort to somebody listening. And then, you know, we'll we'll start with the beginning, but we'll journey through a lot of the recovery and then um, have her back on to talk about more of body image and loving your body and food and all her amazing recipes that she makes now and how she has a healthy relationship with food. So I'll stop talking and I'll let Nicole kind of take over from here. And Nicole, you, you can just say hey and Perfect. then start from the beginning. All right. Hey, Amy. So <laughs> I thank you so much for having me on today. Um, you know, it's a really important topic for me to talk about because when I started my Instagram account four years ago, um, I was healing from my eating dis- disorder, um, but never really intended to share that story with people. Um, and one day I, I started um, sprinkling little bits of information in my caption about my past eating disorder. And I realized that there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people out there that are going through or have gone through the same exact thing as me and felt, you know, that my story was extremely relatable to what they're going through. And I realized that, you know, the more that we talk about it, the more powerful effect that we can all have in removing stigma around um, issues surrounding eating disorders or disordered eating um, or whatnot. Um, And then I, I started becoming more brave and sharing and Um, I want to take you on that journey today because, you know, it's not something that is talked about, but I want to bring light and awareness to it um, and know that, again, like you said, Amy, you're not alone and that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. It takes work and it takes effort. Yeah. Um, Well, quickly, before you get started, I'll just, because I may have some new listeners that maybe haven't listened to the Bobby Bone Show and don't know my whole story, and I haven't really um, and this is going to be Nicole's time to share, and I, I want her story to, to be out there. But um, just for full transparency, I uh, and it'll the right time will come for me to share uh, my story. But I too have 
an, a past with the eating disorder. And similar to Nicole's, mine started when I was a teenager, and you'll hear more about hers. But um, and then I, you know, kind of went through this like many, many years where I had no issues with it whatsoever. And then at 30, I think I was 33, um, my mom died. And like everything, it just it was almost like a trigger, like a, a trauma. Like my brain yeah. went to somewhere that I didn't even know. Like I never thought it, it wasn't, I don't, I don't even, can't even explain what happened. And I kept going, trying to go to therapy. Like, why did this happen? Why all of a sudden did my eating disorder come back literally within 24 hours of my mom dying when I had gone like 12 years, almost like an alcoholic with their chip, you know? Um, yeah. And then I lost my chip. So I just want listeners to know too, I, I'm, if you can relate to Nicole's story, I am so curious about hearing it from her too. And giving me comfort that I'm not alone. And I think you're so brave, Nicole. And I think I'm still trying to navigate how to tell my story. And so I mm-hmm. hope to, I too, am going to be, I know I already am inspired by you and your journey. So I'm just going to throw that in there so that people know that I can relate to this as well. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, it, a lot of times um, it has to do in your case, maybe with grief, or um, things in our lives that are stressful and feel out of our control. And then we look to food as the one thing that we can control, whether that's, you know, eating too much, too little, um, or whatnot. It, it, food brings comfort. There's a lot of emotion tied to food um, and all that stuff. So, all right, let's, let me just start from, yeah. the, from the beginning. Start from the beginning. Okay. So you guys, um, I'm 38 years old now. Um, this uh, this journey started when I was 15, and my parents had sent me to an Armenian school. Um, and, I, you know, that's my background. I'm Armenian. And um, I got there, and all of these girls um, had known each other since kindergarten. So I was, you know, I stuck out like a sore thumb. Nobody um, wanted to be friends with me. And, in fact, you know, girls would bully me, and they were mean to me. And I hung out in the cafeteria, and at lunchtime and ate and ate and ate and ate all of the free food in the cafeteria. And I came home one day and I think I had gained what seemed about 15 or 20 pounds. And my mom said to me, she, she looked at me and I actually didn't know that there was something wrong or that I, you know, looked different. And she said, you know, why don't we go to Weight Watchers? I'm going to take you and help you um, lose some weight. And that was the first time, Amy, that like, I looked at my body and thought, oh, my gosh, is there something wrong with me? Yeah. Um, and, and so she took me to Weight Watchers and got on that scale. And I learned for the first time that I could control the way my body looked um, through counting points for food. And, you know, again, if you have weight to lose and if, you, if you're able to, you know, Weight Watchers is great for people. And if you have, you know, weight to lose, that's great. But if you have, you know, for me, I realized, okay, um, uh, this can impact the way that I look and therefore the way that I'm valued by other people. It was like a light bulb in my head went off. Um, and I lost that weight in a month. And in that period, um, I would start getting compliments from people, everybody and their mom telling me like how great I look because I was thin. And that, that was the validation I needed to continue on this journey to losing weight, even when I didn't need to lose weight anymore. And that was the, that was the catalyst. And, you know, even, even different family members, you know, giving me positive reinforcement, the more weight that I lost. Um, And then, um, you know, I, 
um, you know, I, I it, it continued through law school, and in law school, it can, it turned into full fledged bulimia. Um, and now, did the bulimia did that's when it started? Was in law school or in in yeah. when you were a teenager? Yeah, it it mostly turned into bulimia kind of during law school or, or you know in the transition between college um, to to law school. And I you know I would exercise a lot, but. Um, bulimia felt like a really, a a way to release stress. Like I would consume food and then being able to purge it made me feel like I had a sense of control. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just remember, you know, I grew up in LA where, um, body image was so important and who you are as a person is really valued, is based on like what you look like. And I remember going to sprinkle cupcakes one day and, uh, you know, ordering a dozen cupcakes and pretending that. Um, you know, this, these were cupcakes that I was going to take to a birthday party later. And the reality was is that, um, you know, I came home to my apartment at the time, ate all of them, and um, I was only able to throw up three or four. And I stayed home that night, and I felt like my life was coming to an end. Here I am on the outside um, physically. No, Everybody would look at me and think, gosh, this girl has it all together. She's you know, she's smart. She's going to going to law school. She's doing all these amazing things. But behind the scenes, nobody knew that there was a girl that was that was really suffering. Um, because again, you know, we place so much emphasis in society about how somebody looks from the outside that, you know, if you're not looking a certain way, then therefore you're not loved and therefore you're not valued as much as somebody who does have that perfect um, or, you know, what, what seems to be a perfect, um, you know, body or whatnot. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So, and I, can, I feel like probably a lot of people listening to can relate to that, that control feeling. And like you said, a stress relief, like you feel like, okay, you've done something, but you handled it. You took care of it. You feel so much better. And now... You're back in control, and that's probably never going to happen again, right? Like, how many times yeah. did you commit to yourself, like, okay, I'm never, I mean, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm guessing, yeah. but I'm for me, sometimes it was like, okay, I'm never going to do this to my body again. And oh, yeah. I, I remember uh, someone that mentored me through it in high school once told me, and she was recovered, um, she told me, like, hey, every time you do something to your body that way, you know, like you said, whether it's not eating or eating too much or purging, and then even over-exercising is a form of purging. It's not sure. throwing up, but you're, you feel like you ate too much and then you're working out way too much to compensate. So, mm-hmm. um, she told me that it's a slow suicide. Definitely. And, and I feel feel that way too. And it, it's a cycle, and it's very very hard to break free from. I mean, I you know to your point, um, you know sometimes I would have the worst episodes, and to the point where like my head was throbbing from the pressure of trying to throw up and not being able to or being able to, and I couldn't see straight. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm gonna die if I don't do something about this. I'm gonna die. I vow never to do this again. Yet a week later, there I am doing it again. Um, and, and it just, you know, kept this pattern kept, um, happening over and over again. And I knew I needed help, but I was so ashamed to tell anybody in my life, my, you know, whether that's my family. And in fact, because I think, you know, a lot of times, you know, I grew up with, you know, my mom who took me to Weight Watchers and she was always like yo-yo dieting and going on the, you know, the latest rice diet or Atkins diet or whatever it was. That indirectly she was part of the problem, so I couldn't come clean to her. 
um, let alone tell my friends or any guy that I was dating because I was scared that I was going to to um, scare them off. And um, so I suffered through this alone. And I would, you know, Google things online, like how can I get help? And all of the things that came up were, you know, inpatient treatment centers and and um, expensive therapy that, you know, people, places that didn't take my insurance. And I felt very alone because I didn't need an inpatient um, program. That really wasn't for me or for my lifestyle. I needed community. I needed an outlet to share. I needed um, safe space to talk to people, to let people, to, to feel that I was not alone. Um, and, so, you know, through the... Through, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Through the... Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, and then, you know, the the, um, the effect of all that on my body is, although I wasn't, you know, from the outside looking too thin, I lost my period for over 15 years um, and, you know, went to every doctor under the sun to try to get that back. Um, and in large part, that was, you know, because of the way that I had treated my body. Like, you, you, you can't have it all. That's, you know, that's what I learned. You cannot binge, purge, treat your body like crap and expect it to perform. Like it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. Eventually it's going to rule you and then ultimately, yeah, could kill you. And having those thoughts like, yes, I feel like a lot of us have probably been there and yeah, the head throbbing and you're like, what am I doing? And I never want to feel this way again. And this is just so like disgusting. So then, yeah, the thought of having to share that with others that you feel like may not understand and for them to view you as a disgusting human being like nobody wants to feel that way so when you talked about not being able to go to your mom because you know she had you know was ultimately part of the problem even though she loved you and you loved her and or y'all still have a relationship but you know it's um like it's the teenage dieting do you feel like starting um, to worry about food at such a young age when your brain wasn't fully developed and the dieting, is, that's what led to the eating disorder later? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, being, being in high school, you know, after that incident and, um, you know, where I lost the weight and then it continued into high school, everybody started, you know, all of the girls started, you know, eating carrot sticks instead of, you know, nourishing whole foods because everybody wanted to look good. It was like this competition for attention from guys and um, who could wear the bikini on the beach better. I mean, this, this stuff starts so young. And if you, you don't fit in at that time, it just, it messes with your head. And I think what I, gosh, if I could go back and tell my younger self now is that other people's opinions of you don't matter. It's really about, it's, it's what you think about yourself. It's, the love that you have for yourself, irrespective about of what other people think. Um, but it's, it's hard. You're impressionable. You're young. You want to fit in. Um, and that, and that's the hard part is that, you know, nobody, nobody tells you when you're 15, 16 years old that, you know, all about self-love and that other people's opinions don't matter because it, it feels like they do. Um, you know, it's such an impressionable age. Yeah. And it's such a hard, like, even if, you know, if there was a 15 year old listening or you were to look a 15-year-old in the face and say, other people's opinions do not matter. Like, even as a 38-year-old, mm-hmm. I have a hard time with that. So, of course, when I was a teenager, I'd be like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But in my head, I would not believe you. I'd be like, you don't understand. It's so hard. I have to do this. But I think um, if we can just start shifting what is what what is 
the ideal body. We start shifting what body love looks like, what, mm-hmm. you know, like shifting that perspective for young people. And I think it has um, a little bit. Yeah. I think we're doing better, less airbrushing, more curves, eating real yeah. whole foods being, you know, more the thing and not such a big diet craze. Um, you know, healthy fats are good for you and don't mm-hmm. be scared of that. And you can have what I love about even your Instagram and, you know, you create it as a place and then you realize you could use it too to share your eating disorder as well. Cause you realize, Hey, I don't want people to feel alone, but your people have to ask you like, are you sure you eat all this food that you put on here and oh, post? Yeah. And you're very open. Like, yeah, I do. And that's where you've, that shows your recovery and you now have a healthy relationship. So what talk us through, you know, that law school time when you transi- transitioned out of that and realized you needed to get help and how yep. you ultimately recovered when your last like binge and purge was and then you knew you were not going to go back to that life and then how it how now you have like a food blog basically. Yeah. Um, so interestingly, um, so I met my husband, um, after when I was a practicing attorney. So even when I was practicing, um, you know, I worked at, you know, big top law firms, you know, in the country and still, um, binging and purging while, you know, juggling a crazy career. But I met my husband shortly after and we moved in together right away. Um, and, one day I was in the bedroom by myself um, and I had snuck a loaf of bread into the bedroom and he was out in, you know, in the living room watching TV and I was just sitting in bed um, eating a loaf of some boring bread. And um, I heard him get up and um, walk over to the bedroom and I scrambled to like hide this loaf of bread and I stuck a piece of half-eaten bread in a magazine that I was reading and the rest of the loaf under the bread and he walks in on me and he's like what are you doing and I said nothing I'm not doing anything and he's like what's going on over here I'm like nothing so he comes over to the bed um, and he picks up my magazine and what falls out on the on the ground was this half-eaten piece of bread and I was humiliated because this was like the person that I knew I was going to spend the rest of my life with. We were just dating at that time. Um, there was no commitment whatsoever. And I was humiliated that this guy that I was so attracted to and that I looked, looked, uh, looked up to and admired as having it all together has just caught me red handed, um, with no less than a piece of bread falling out of you know a magazine onto the floor that I was eating in bed. Um, that was, I, I started crying. That was a low for sure. (laughs) That was, that was a low. I was so embarrassed. I thought, you know, I'm going to lose him because having these issues, you know, it, it, it does bring up feelings of like, gosh, does this make me unlovable? And does this make people in your life run away from you? And what I learned also, you know, along that, along those, that same note is that, you know, there are going to be people in your life that don't want to deal or don't want to be there to help you through problems and, and, um, and challenges that you come across in your life. But I realized through this experience that, yeah, if it was any other guy or any other friend or any other person that caught me, they may not, they say, you know, F this, I don't need to deal with this problem. But if it's the, if it's the right people in your life, you realize, okay, no, there are, people that want to support you through these things, um, and, and be there for you. So I had to hit rock bottom and find a place of like, wow, I got to be honest with myself 
and be vulnerable and share. Um, and, and you don't also need, you know, someone to be a problem solver. I didn't need him to tell me or try to help me out or give me tools or steps because he's never been in my shoes. He doesn't know what it's like, but sometimes you just need somebody to listen and to, to help you by simply being there. Um, and that was the, that for me was, that was a turning point in my life where I knew I could no longer hide. Right. I don't know if you had a, if you had a, um, kind of coming to Jesus moment yourself, but. Yeah, I think, well, when I was younger, it was my mom who I turned to and she helped me, you know, get past it. And then in, when it, when it, I don't know, what's it called? When it came back, (laughs) relapsed, I guess is what you would call it. Um, My husband was there for me and it was something new to him because our entire marriage, I had been fine. He knew I had a past with it. But it had not been a part of our marriage at all whatsoever until my mom died. And then he was like, oh, no. But, yes, he was someone I felt comfortable with talking to right away. And I was like, I've been down this road before. Don't want to be here. No, thank you. Got to get help. Got to figure it out. And so then once, you know, your husband or ultimately y'all end up getting married because now you're married and y'all have two kids, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we have so, yeah. And so he was there for you. He was the listener. And then you... That was kind of the mm-hmm. rock bottom moment, and then you got help, and then recovered, and yeah, and now so, you have your 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 Instagram page and all your recipes at kalejunkie.com. And yes, you do eat them. Yes, I do eat them, and I'm honest about that because I think when when I was suffering from the eating disorder, the one thing that was a trigger for me was refined sugars. And, um, you know, that perpetuated my cycle to binge for some people, savory things for me, it was like, I wanted everything that was sugary and under the sun. And I, after I recovered, I realized like, you know, gosh, I really want to be able to have healthier versions of my treats. So I don't feel restriction so that I can have one or two. And I don't have this, this trigger in my brain to go crazy with it. I can make all these recipes. I can have one or two pieces and then I can give it away because I didn't deprive my body of, of, of what I wanted in the moment. And I did that for so many years that certain foods seem off limits. So you binge and purge. And, um, you know, that was kind of like where, why, you know, a lot of stuff on my page are are sweet things because I think that I missed out for so many years, um, and, and on restricting myself when the reality is, is that you can have, you can have your cake and eat it too. You have to make some substitutions, healthier substitutions, so that your body doesn't go into a spiral of of crazy binges. That's why ingredients are so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're, I've made some of your recipes, and they're awesome. And whenever I post them on Instagram, my friends are always replying. They're like, okay, wait, where do I go to her page? What do I find? And then they're posting pictures. So I, I love, love that, that they're making your stuff too. And we're going to we're going to have you back. I think I would I'd like to dive into more of the recovery with you cuz I feel like already listening to what you're saying people are going to be so curious, but I think that needs to be its own thing. Kind of yeah. what that once you felt like you if you'd hit rock bottom and you, you just needed to open up and be honest and have someone to talk to and that that helped, but then also what did that chapter look like? And then even more so how you're using your platform now and your story to to help others and how big you are on body image and uh we can kind of go from there and even more some of your 
amazing recipes. I feel like if I were to recommend one right now before um, we wrap up today's would be people have to go check it. I feel like you're most famous for the life-changing tahini chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> yes. Is that accurate? <laughs> yes, that recipe is um, life-changing. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Sim- so, And it's, it's simple and easy, and it really is a way, you know, for, gosh, it, it warms my heart and makes me so happy when, when people make my recipes, especially that one, because they're like, I don't know how something so good can, you know, be filled with really good ingredients. Um, and they give them to their kids. And like, I have like moms sharing me, their, showing me their babies, enjoying the cookies. And it's like, it's just, I don't know, brings so much joy to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love it. And I love following you. So I highly recommend um, everybody get familiar with Nicole because definitely having her back on to, like I said, talk about a few more things. And then, um, but in the meantime, go to her Instagram. It's at Kale Junkie and start following her um, because she definitely will not disappoint. Okay. Thank you, Nicole. Thanks. Wait, Nicole, before you go, I want you to share with everyone the four things that you put on your four things tote because um, anybody that comes on, we want to like give them a four things tote. And I had become friends with you on Instagram before you ever came on, but definitely wanted to gift this to you. So what are what are your favorite four things that are on your tote? Oh my gosh. So I love this tote. Everybody stops me every time I take it out. Um, my four things are cookies because of my passion for life-changing tahini cookies, real talk, because I um, really, uh, you know, want to bring you all the realness and tell you um, all, all the, the nitty gritty of my life and inspire others. Wellness, because wellness is a huge part of my life and kale junkie, because what kind of junkie would I be without kale? Yeah, no, it's perfect. <laughs> um, well, I'm so glad that you love the tote and um, just really appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me, Amy. All right, I want to tell you about something really awesome that Macy's is doing. It is currently Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, online and in-store. For the entire month of May, you can join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or simply round up in-store to APIA scholars. Now, APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. And Macy's has made it super easy. You can just round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA Scholars, which is an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Again, that's Macy's.com. You're going to be doing some shopping anyway. Why not round up and give back? That's Macy's.com or in-store. All right, so I've been saving on shopping this year by only buying new clothes when I've sold some clothes that I no longer wear. And what this has done is it's forced me to be super wise when I'm adding clothes back into my closet. I want to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and that's where Quince comes into play. You can go see for yourself all the awesome stuff they have, especially for summer right now, like European linen dresses and blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, 14-karat gold jewelry, so much more. And if you're like me, you're like, hmm, This just seems too good to be true. Well, what Quince does is they partner directly with top factories and they cut out the cost of the middleman and they pass the savings on to us. So we are getting things for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
For example, I'm literally looking on their website right now at this open knit cover up maxi dress that'll be great for the summer, 100% organic cotton, and it's $49.90. It could retail for $148. So that's 66% savings. And with warm weather here, you need to check out Quince. All you got to do is go to quince.com slash Amy for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's com slash Amy. You're going to get free shipping. Again, 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash Amy. I don't want to waste my time taking vitamins that aren't really going to do much for me. Like I want research. I want to know like, hey, this is actually doing something for my body. And Ritual knows this. That's why they conducted the research. They've done clinical trials on their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. The results, well, it increased vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. And as a woman, I want healthy vitamin D levels and omega-3 levels. And all I got to do is take my Ritual Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin every morning. I take them on an empty stomach, but sometimes if I forget, I may take them in the afternoon. It's really up to you when you want to take them. There's nine key nutrients in two delayed release capsules. And what the delay release capsules does for us is it optimizes our body's absorption of these nutrients. It's gentle on the empty stomach. Like I said, I can take it first thing in the morning and I'm totally fine. And with a minty essence in every bottle, it actually makes taking your vitamins enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual is essential for women. 18 plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash four things. Start ritual or add essential for women. 18 plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash four things for 25% off. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about the incredible work being done by St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and ask you today to join me in becoming a partner in hope. When you make a donation to St. Jude, you're helping an organization that has helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And I can tell you from personal experience, that number and the hope that it brings is invaluable. What they are doing at St. Jude is making a huge difference. It is full of joy there, which a lot of families need at that time. They don't need to be worrying about travel, lodging, food. Everything is paid for at St. Jude so that families can focus on their child that has cancer. Your support means families never receive a bill from St. Jude. It's only $19 a month. And when you sign up, you'll get the new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. Join me in helping St. Jude in the fight against childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. Second thing. Bobo is back. He's come on the podcast before, and he is, I guess the last time you were here, you were administering an IV to me while we were recording. Yeah, we had you hooked up. Yeah, because my friend Michelle was here, and then Dr. Lewis was here. So this is a podcast that was a couple of months ago, so people can go back and listen to that if, if in case you're new and maybe you missed it, but Bobo has a company here in Nashville, Arite, and why don't you tell us again what that means in Greek? Uh, so in Greek, it means excellence of any kind. That's the easiest word. Mm-hmm. And so when you're pumping people full of hydration and vitamins, you're making them excellent. excellent. Is that yeah. <laughs> sort of the... Well, yeah, we just wanted to separate ourselves from um, just a hangover clinic. Right. And that's because kind of the whole 
piece I, of it there. I think a lot of people associate IV with it's becoming more trendy as like a thing, especially you see it in Vegas or you see it mm-hmm. on social media of people getting it after they've done a music festival right. or had a long weekend or a hard night out. And um, I think there's there there's a lot of that here in Nashville because it's such a I mean, it's like the number one like bachelor, bachelor yeah. at party town now. I mean, more so than Vegas, I mean, which see is it everywhere. crazy. You see it in the middle of the week now. Yeah. Um, but y'all, you're definitely super picky on like what's going in and, and you do it beyond that. Like y'all work with a lot of artists and people that need it to, cause they're traveling and they right. need to stay hydrated and they're performing. You work with a lot of athletes here. I mean, Nashville's just full of all kinds of people that need it. And then you also work with normal people like me <laughs> that, you know, just are trying to stay healthy and, uh, you know, staying, staying hydrated is is a top thing. Now I brought you in today to talk about intermittent fasting. So we're going to get into that in a yeah. minute, but really sometimes when you're, when you're fasting, sometimes people feel like they're hungry and really they're probably just dehydrated. It could be driven a pretty good bit at, at thirst. Um, our bodies fluid intake is around 25% uh, source from food. So um, when you're dehydrated, a lot of times your body will send that same signal of, uh, Oh, eat something. I can at least get fluid or, or water from that food. Um, whereas in in all actuality, you're just thirsty. You just need to drink some water. Yeah, maybe just drink water, which I recently upped my water intake to um, 100 ounces. Nice. Because I was doing like 64. Yeah. But then I also work out and yeah, I'm active and sometimes I sit in a sweat bed yeah. and or I do hot yoga. Exactly. Or I mean, it's like I'm if you're sweating it out I, or if you have alcohol, like there's all sorts oh, of sure. like a list of things. If you do this, make sure you compensate with water if you do this. So I was like, Oh, clearly 64, which yeah, not that, that eight, I'm drinking like eight glasses, eight, eight ounce glasses a day really isn't. That's not accurate. Most people in our- yeah. So anyway, I, I, through getting IVs with Bobo and getting to know him, he's extremely knowledgeable about lots of different things. And he treats his body uh, like a little Guinea pig of sorts at times. And you know, I think it's so that you can know what you're suggesting for your clients and right. like what's going to be good. And something that you implement into your life is the intermittent fasting. Yes. And so why don't we explain to people in case they're curious about that, what it is? Cause I've, I've done it and I've actually, you informed me too, as a female, I should probably not go more than 12 hours without food because of hormones, which is probably a good idea, but let's just explain what it is. Intermittent fasting in case people don't know. So it's basically you're just having cyclical periods of eating and not eating. You're just taking more period of time off of, of actually not eating. You're extending that that fasted period. Normally when you sleep, you're not eating. Yeah. So essentially with intermittent fasting, you're just extending that period. Now you can Google online and there's three, four, five different ways to intermittent fast. You want the definition? I Googled it. Oh, yeah. Hit it okay. up. Hit it up. It's an eating pattern that cycles between periods of fasting and eating. <laughs> it doesn't specify which foods you should eat, but rather when you should eat them. Boom. Yeah. So let's say you cut off eating at 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. on, let's say it's like Thursday night. You cut off eating at 8 p.m. When's the next time you're eating again? So me, I usually go till noon. So I have fast for 16 hours. Okay. Um, and for guys, 16 hours is recommended. Totally, yeah. That's like a standard intermittent fasting, 16, eight. So eight hours of eating, 16 hours of not eating. Okay. 
And 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 hopefully, if you're getting good sleep, eight of that not eating is sleeping. So exactly. you shouldn't be hungry anyways. Right. And then you, if you split it up, you maybe got four hours before you go to bed, no eating. Eight mm-hmm. hours while sleeping, no eating. Four hours after you wake up, no eating. And then also, you're working out on a fasted state, which is exactly. Let's talk about why that's good. So essentially, just fasting in general. There's this thing called autophagy, which is cell eating. So basically when you take these periods of not eating, yes, you're resting your gut, you're, you're allowing your body to kind of detox itself, so to speak, but then there's this additional piece that's called autophagy. So your cells can eat parts of themselves. It's almost like a cell cleansing, so to speak. So you're giving your body time to uh, eat, replace certain cells that are deficient um, and, and replace them with better cell parts. So that's a big piece of why intermittent fasting has been shown clinically to be great for longevity, anti-aging, cancer prevention. You're you're doing a lot of things that are promoting a healthier you by letting your body heal itself. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of our eating habits were driven at, you know, how can a lot of these food companies monetize us all throughout the day? Well, we'll just start this three meals a day, snacks in between. We've got people eating all day. So that's a big piece of of. So you're not you don't think that's necessary? No, okay. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I think uh, me neither. But we were talking right before we started. A lot of what we do is habitual. Like you get up in the morning, you drink a cup of coffee, because you always drink coffee in the morning. You need coffee to get going. But that morning, did you sleep better? Do you feel better? Do you need coffee? Maybe not. But you're going to drink it anyway because that's what you habit. always do. Right. You get up, and a lot of times people that work the same like hours a lot of times will eat the same thing for breakfast but they eat it every morning whether they're hungry or not because that's what they always do a lot of our pattern it's the same with working out you know you work out the first couple weeks are really hard to get in that routine but once you're in a routine it's easy to keep working out because it's habit now so once you it's formulating good habits and bad habits are the same way with eating or drinking alcohol whatever it is you're you're acting out of habit. That being said, back like to the me internet. getting into a groove of like trying to have a glass of wine or not trying actually having <laughs> a glass of wine every night. Once I became a mom, it just became my habit. Right. Yeah. Like oh, I it didn't helps me need sleep. it. Does it help you sleep? No, probably not. Probably not. It no. Actually, alcohol has been shown to make your sleep worse. I know it disrupts. It helps me uh, relax. Yeah. But then I think when it actually comes to like getting into a deep sleep, it disrupts it. Mm-hmm. Ugh, don't tell me that. But it's habit. I know it's habit. You're right. It's habit. So, Maybe yeah. I just need to pour water in at my cute little wine glass and sip that and just pretend because I'd be I'd be doing the habit. Exactly. Exactly. Of like And that would just make you think you were doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm all about that. I want to be the healthiest version of myself. I don't want to disrupt my sleep. So let's go back to your <laughs> what we're talking about. What? Well, back to what we were talking about. Well, no, I mean, I I love going on rabbit trails. Ask anybody listening. If they've been a long time listener <laughs> to me, they know that I don't always stay on track, but I find that to be way more interesting. Totally. So you, like, we've got predominantly females listening, but I do have guys listening. But let's take, go through, you said if you cut it off at 8 p.m., you won't eat again till noon. Mm -hmm. But you do a workout when you wake up, and then you break that fast with, like, anything particular. Like, at noon, do you have a go-to meal or something you think you should have, shouldn't have, but all you know is whatever it is in that in that eight-hour mm-hmm. hour window from noon to 8 p.m., you're getting your calories. Right, right. So what you eat during that window of eating, is that what you're asking me? Well, yeah, because yeah, right. because, well, I'm wondering if, it, if you try to make it something or it doesn't really matter. I mean, obviously you don't want to make it like, you know, 
some crazy fast food item or donuts. Right, right, like right. that's going to defeat the purpose exactly. of trying to be the healthier version of yourself. But like if you're working out at 6 a.m., a lot of people would think, well, shoot, you're not you're not eating until noon. You're supposed to eat some protein right, right after you work out. But you don't really think that there's yeah. you, that that's necessary. Yeah, there's that anabolic window that they used to talk about or that I've heard because I played football in college and three Shout sports. out Alabama. Birmingham. Birmingham. UAB or whatever. Yes. Yeah, the Blazers. Bobo played, yes, college football. Oh, can we say who you were hanging out with the other day? You don't have to say. Oh, who you I, help? I don't know if we can say that. Okay, don't say it. He just, He's making someone, he helps someone have <laughs> be a, the healthiest version of themselves. I just don't know. I, I couldn't speak for that person. Okay, we won't so, speak for that yeah. person. It's like, just Bobo has street cred, okay? <laughs> He's helping like. I do top, have street cred, though. He does help top athletes feel their best. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. So, um, back to protein after whole, workout. That whole window thing, like I was raised and told all those things, and like that's how I used to work out. And then I started to realize that it, where did that come from? You know, is there actually something, evidence that shows that that exists? And I do think at some level it might be valid if your goal is to gain mass. Like if you want to gain mass, get bigger, like beef up, like, and that's your goal, then sure, that has a place because you're replacing all the things that you lost while working out. But if your goal is burning fat, um, longevity, the anti-aging benefits, like those types of things, lean, creating lean mass, being healthier, so to speak, um, that doesn't really exist. Um, and the research now shows that whether you eat an hour after you work out or you eat three hours after you work out, there's no difference. Okay. So me, I don't eat right after. I eat closer to three hours after, primarily doing that because after you work out, if your body will heal itself and you do without eating, get kind of a spike in growth hormone, which obviously growth hormone is great for fat burning, muscle building growth, so to speak. So I prefer to not eat for, I don't really eat for like three hours after. Yeah. Okay. Um, so as a female, if I cut off eating at eight o'clock, then I wouldn't eat till 8 a.m. the following morning. So. Right. Um, so same, apply the same thing. And then maybe, you know, if you're listening and you're, you're trying to implement this into your life, you even were recommending to me, it's hard for me because I wake up so early for the morning show, but you were like, Hey, once you wake up, if you could just do a burst of anything to get your heart rate going, like you mm -hmm. don't take, I don't know. How long were you telling me? Like, just, I mean, you can do 20 minutes. Yeah. I mean, maybe truly, it's fat. I mean, you can do 10 minutes. It's, Fasted exercise. It doesn't have to be fasted, intense workout. Right. I mean, that's how I do mine because it's how my schedule works out. Right. I can do a workout later in the day, yeah, but totally. let's say I want to get a little extra bang for my buck. If I've already been fasting since 8 p.m. and I'm waking up and I'm I'm in a, because I've been sleeping in a fasted state, if I've got 10, 15, 20 minutes, like do something active. Walk the dogs a little bit further than you normally do. Right. Getting then before you sauna break if the you fast. Have exactly. Mm -hmm. Just do something that, that Get the makes blood you flowing. sweat. Yeah. Yeah. That makes you sweat a little bit or gets your heart rate up a little bit. Or you don't have to go to the, like you know, drive 20 minutes to the YMCA, right. work out for 45 minutes, drive back. You can do push-ups, sit-ups, body squats in your house for 10 minutes, 15 yeah. minutes. There's still benefit there. We get so hung up on working out or fasted exercise, not being exercised, that you've got to go to your, get your boot camp class in or 
go to the gym and work out. Really, you just have to move. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big proponent of doing anything that involves movement. We just are so stagnant as a society. We sit so still all the time, especially now with our phones and computers at our fingertips. We don't ever have to leave our house. So with the fasted exercise, just do anything that gets your heart rate up, gets you sweating, gets just move. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. Intermittent fasting with maybe a quick burst of movement before you break the fast at mm-hmm. some point. And people, I know that when I've done that, I see results and I feel better. And then eating, it does make it easy to just eat in that window. And when mm-hmm. you're done eating for the day, cut it off. Just be done with it and be like, you know what? I'll get food again tomorrow. It's not yeah. a big deal. I will survive. And then things that I usually tell people because one of the number one things I hear when I tell people that that's what I do and the reason they don't intermittent fast is because they have trouble sleeping at night. Um, That's one of the biggest, like, pushbacks is you Mm -hmm. can't sleep. Well, I usually tell people, again, this goes against what every, like, anybody who doesn't intermittent fast, like health wellness coaches will disagree. They'll probably have pushback. I eat carbs at night. Yeah. Carbs will increase your serotonin, which increases your melatonin, which will help you sleep. I mean, everybody knows about, you know, take melatonin with stuff and it helps you sleep, supposedly. But just so that people don't get confused, you're not saying, like, you eat a whole loaf of white bread before bed. No, no. I eat, like, complex carbs. Like a sweet potato. Sweet potato, veggies. um, uh, Any kind of, like, beans or rice or, like, lentils. Right. Like, don't go smash, like, a bunch of hot dog buns and... (laughs) Right. Or, or Big Macs. I think I People heard y'all like, talking about Big Macs. Yeah, on the show the yeah. other day, like measuring a baby. So, yeah, the, I don't want y'all to think, oh, well, Bobo said I could have carbs at night and I'm gaining yeah. weight. I'm eating. But no, he means, yeah, complex carbs. If you're confused on what that is, just do a quick Google search for complex carbs and it'll give you a whole list of healthy options. Right. And I do, I know that you were, t- Mary was at my house like a couple of weeks ago when you were there and she is someone that, Whenever she was trying to do it with no carbs at night, she was disrupting her sleep. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you were like, throw in some sweet potatoes. And she she had tested it out on herself before, and she was like, yeah, you're right. When I have a little bit of carbs, it does help me better at night. So you have to just kind of find what works for you, but find that balance. Right. And it kind of helps satiate that, like, hunger craving. So you're not laying in bed thinking about food, mm-hmm. you know, which – can make it hard to sleep. I think when I eat a little bit of like complex carbs or slow carbs at night, it helps me not be as hungry the next morning. Okay. You know, that that obviously helps if you're trying to not eat till 8, 9, 10, 11, depending on what time your schedule's set. Or noon, if you go the or Bobo noon, route. the Bobo route. Which my husband's like totally going the Bobo route. Um, but he tries to go 16 hours. He just may cut off eating. Like we, we don't stop eating at 8. We probably stop eating at, you know, 6 p.m. and then he'll try to go the full 16 hours but I mean ideally for me I finish eating at 6 30 I work out at 6 30 so I get 12 full hours of fasted before your workout before I work out and then I finish working out at 7 30 and then I eat three hours later and that's 16 hours boom boom love it three hours after and I'm pretty set okay now that's ideally that's ideally, yeah. yeah. And I mean, you still like, you have balance, you go have fun, yeah. you take vacays, you drink the, which Bobo's drink of choice, like when you're trying to stay healthy? Alcohol or water? Oh, when you're trying <laughs> to stay healthy, I mean, you're drinking. <laughs> uh, good tequila soda lime. Tequila soda lime. Tequila okay. soda lime. Well, there you have it. Have. Do you, while I look up your, do you, is your, what Instagram, we should give out the Arite. Yeah. 
It's just Arete Nashville. Yeah, Arete Nashville. A R E T E Nashville. And then, are you public on Instagram? Are you private? Oh uh, yeah, I'm public. Oh, he's public. Okay, so boy. he's Adam Bobo B O B O. Oh, and I just realized on your Instagram it has who you were hanging out with. People are gonna know. So y'all go to his Instagram to find out. Yeah. It's top secret. <laughs> <laughs> um, and oh yeah, it's the last picture. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay, yeah. With a towel on his so go follow Adam Bobo. He's awesome. He's cool. And look, you even have, ooh, let's do, maybe we could do a thing on this. We can't get into it right now, but you, the, the infrared sauna, you have a whole thing on it, on your oh, yeah. Instagram. I was just not, yeah. You're like a social influencer. Yeah, except I don't get paid. <laughs> except for he doesn't get paid. That's the other thing I do want to say and make very clear to anybody that does listen to your podcast. Yes. Nothing that I ever promote or say that I do or recommend I don't get kickback from or paid from. Now we may sell products online, but the whatever we would sell on our website or promote is are, are things that I use currently or have tried before or done. And which that. I do want to have you back on. Let's talk like let's dive a little deeper into glutathione because last yeah. time you were on, we talked about it, and I got so many emails. For so sure. let's do a thing on that. And then um, also, while well, y'all are on Instagram, following Adam Bobo, his <laughs> dog has an Instagram, and it's Drake. <laughs> the Frenchie, but T-H-A, like oh, instead yeah. of the, it's the, and it's the cutest Frenchie dog ever. <laughs> I've been trying to convince Bobby, Bobby Bones, the host of the morning show that I'm on to get a Frenchie dog. And oh, Bobo's Frenchie is so cute. So go follow Drake, the Frenchie as well, because um, I'm obsessed. Okay. Um, all right, Bobo, thanks for coming on oh, yeah. and, um, we'll see you next time. For sure. Here we go. So this thing is going to be quick, but it's definitely something that I think is super cute. And if you've got kids, you may want this in your life. So we're calling this thing the get along shirt. I posted that my kids weren't getting along on Instagram, posted a picture before dinner um, because when it came time to pray for the food, even though they weren't getting along and they were annoyed with each other, I made them hold hands and they would only hold pinkies. So I took a picture of it put it on Instagram. And then a listener tagged me in a post about how their family has a get along shirt. So it's a big white shirt that says, this is our get along shirt. It's just like written in Sharpie. And their two kids are forced to get in it. Yeah. Two kids in one shirt when they aren't getting along and they can't get out of the shirt until they start getting along. So it's genius actually, because it forces the kids to work together because they just have one arm each. And, you know, who wants to be stuck in a shirt with their siblings? So it just forces them to get their act together faster and make up and say, I'm sorry, and ask for forgiveness and all the things. So shout out Tom on Instagram for tagging me in this and showing me his family's get along shirt, because I definitely might have to make one for my house. And I thought, hey, if I share this with some parents on the podcast, maybe they'll make a get-along shirt for their house. And maybe it could be helpful in your kids resolving their issues um, at a much faster pace. I am happy to report that my kids eventually made up after their annoyance before dinner. But um, I'll keep you all posted if I ever have to put them in a get-along shirt. I think it'll be amazing. Really pumped to have my girl Carla Marie on the podcast today. So this is fun because she basically does what I do. She works for iHeartRadio and she works on a morning show with Anthony. And y'all just got two other cast members, right? Yeah, we 
went through seven weeks of auditions and actually added two new people to our show. So we're like getting up there with you guys. So we're, <laughs> we've got a total of five with our producer. Oh, awesome. So y'all should definitely check out Carla Marie and Anthony. They're uh, they're really, really like I, I love you guys. Like well, thank you. when I think of like people that just work hard and are passionate about their job and love what they do. It's like Carla Marie and Anthony come to mind because well, y'all started out on the Elvis Duran show in New York. And w- what was your first role on Elvis's show? My first role was actually the same role I technically left with after six years, which was answering the phones. Okay. I answered six years of phones and left with that actual role as well. And so we have on the Bobby Bone Show, we've had interns that have turned into yeah phone screeners that have turned into producers. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like maybe if you're someone listening and no matter what your dreams are, your goals are, you never know, like your job, yeah, may start out at sort of the bottom, but not that not that the phones no, are not is. the bottom, but, no, but yeah, <laughs> but you can climb your way to the top and now look at you, like have your own morning show. You've got a podcast, which I was recently on. Yeah, it's side hustlers. Um, yeah, side hustlers podcast. So uh, a lot going on. The Marie.com is your website. But I I know that I'm a woman in this industry and and you are too, and you're a lot younger than me. Wait, how old are you, Carla Marie? I'm 31. Okay, 31. Okay, not not, yeah, not a not lot, that a lot. Much. I mean, no. I just turned 38. So, but we do have, you know, somewhat of a gap, but you're definitely have been in radio long enough to where you've been around to know that it's a male dominated industry. <laughs> for oh, sure. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, go ahead. Share, well, you share your I, thoughts. We're both lucky that like our male counterparts are very supportive and they understand like Bobby supports you. He Anthony and I are complete equals on our show. We have different roles, but we've gone into this as I mean, equals down to literally the dollar, everything. We went into this being as equal as possible because we were friends and we didn't want to have a reason to fight over it. But now it's like, it's so hard because people look at our show and they're like, well, who hosts? And I'm like, we do. And people don't understand how two people can be the host of a show and people automatically assume it's him. Even though technically on the show, my name is first, but it's always like, oh, so Anthony's the host. And it's like, no. It's two of us, and you're just assuming he's the host because he's the guy. And I feel like it comes from the outside world almost more than the inside world, just inside of this industry, assuming it's his show. Yeah, which is why I thought it'd be fun to have you on to talk about that because I feel like whether or not if my my audience is predominantly female, there are some guys listening. So guys, don't don't get offended by this conversation. Right. But uh, you know, there are other. Um, industries and other fields that women listening probably work in where they feel like it's male dominated and male driven. And, you know, some of that stuff is being broken down for sure. But I know that you've been asked to speak on this. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know if you had any, you know, things that you wanted to point out for some of my listeners, like if they happen to be in a similar situation, like things that could help them through it. Well, here in Seattle, it is a huge tech industry. You've got Amazon, Microsoft, Expedia. So those are male-dominated industries. And I was just at an event last night where the whole panel was women talking about how they found their voice at their job. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, how did I find my voice? And I was never hushed, but there are definitely times where it's like you're young and you don't have the experience or you don't know. But I'm like, this is my show. I get it. I know. I know what the people listening want. And I think a lot of women who were at that event last night, their main question was, I'm nervous to speak out at work. 
And that's what everyone kept saying. I don't understand. Like, I don't want to be thought of as a B word. Or I don't want... Totally. Yes. Right. There's times where I don't know how to phrase something because Mm -hmm. and, you know, and I would say this to Bobby's face or or anybody that I work with, really, that is um, a guy. But it's like they could probably say the exact. No, they could say the exact same thing that I'm going to say. And they would be seen as just doing their job, getting it done. Look at you. Go business. Way to go. If I were to approach it in that way, I would be seen as kind of a diva or a bee or a whatever. And there are some women in our company that are high up and powerful. And sometimes when I hear the way people describe them, they're like, oh, yeah, don't mess with them. Like they're go get like they're oh feisty female. Like, and I'm like, um, no, they're acting just how some of the men in our company act, but but they're because they're female, all of a sudden they're feisty. And uh, luckily, as other females, we understand that. But you are right; it is the men who are saying that. It's not other women saying that because we see those women. And we're like, yeah, they're awesome. Like, good for them. I want to be like them. And the men are like, watch out. You never know. Like, she may snap on you. I'm like the same way you do. Like, I don't get it. So I'm with you on that. The one thing that I struggled with, and I'm getting better at it now which I hate that I have to say I'm getting better at it, but people with emails, they think I'm being rude in an email because I don't put a smiley face in my email <laughs> or I don't like laugh. And um, that's where I struggle with the tone of an email. And I'm like, guys, I'm just trying to get things done. If Anthony sent you this same email, there wouldn't be an issue because I'm asking something to be done. It's I'm being rude. I'm like, not at all. So that's where I had an issue with oh, in the past so, is emails. Yeah. Carla Marie, you're not like exclamation point times 10 emoji, emoji, emoji. But Bobby is, it took me a while because I wasn't used to communicating that way. I came from where I, my last job before radio, which we're taking it way back. But mm-hmm. one of the girls ahead of me at the company, I mean, she was a female and she helped train me. And that's who I was used to working with was females, even though there was males within our company. But yeah, I mean, I was used to everything kind of being, you know, a certain way. And then when I started working for Bobby, yeah, like he was so busy and like everything was just really direct. And I would almost Mm -hmm. be like, God, did I do something wrong? Like in an email? (laughs) But I realized he was just trying to get things done. And now I I get in the last few years, I get what really busy means. And I can kind of be the same way. And I will, after I send the email, I'll even second guess myself like, Ooh, hope they don't take that as rude because I don't even think I put put a period or anything, but it was just like to answer the question, boom, on to the next. But it's like, well, no, yeah, you're just, you're just trying to get stuff done and you're just responding quickly. And it doesn't need an exclamation point or a smiley face all the time. Yeah. Direct and just trying to get things done often turns into diva and being a bee. And it's not. And I think that being on the other side of it, if you think someone is being rude to you or being aggressive to you, you have to take a step back and go, okay, are they just trying to get things done? Are they actually being mean to me? And that's once we start doing that, that's when all this stuff will start breaking down. It's like, oh, she's just doing her job. I get it. She's not personally attacking me. Yeah. And that you're big on supporting all the females within our company, which is something I admire about you. And you're so good about it and making sure you're lifting others up and, you know, comp- like making sure people know like you're a fan of what they're doing. Like you're really good at that. And I think that's part of, you know, the environment you're all about creating, which is like, let's all support each other be equals, lift each other up. Um, I mean, because you equally support the men in our company too, but there is something about building up the women within our company that I think you're really good at. Do you you, you. know that you're good at that? 
Um, well, not really. I just I'm just a supporter of people, and then it's turned into a supporter of women because the people I've had on my podcast just keep being awesome women after awesome woman. So yes, but I do support overall, like what you're saying, men and women, because I think supporting one another is like the easiest gift we can give someone, and it feels good to be supported. But my entrance into the radio industry was unlike anyone else's. I started, like you said, at Elvis Duran in the morning show, which had been around for years. Like no one had to be nice to me there. I was this new 22 year old. They could have been like, oh, this girl, here she comes. But Danielle at that show took me under her wing. And I immediately had a female supporting me who could have been threatened by a new young girl at the show, but she supported me from day one. So I knew nothing else. I couldn't then be mean to the next young girl who came in. I then supported them. And same thing with the men. So I learned by example, and I just continue to try to do that and support one another. You also never know when you're going to need someone. So don't be rude to people. Oh, yeah. No, that's really good advice. So hopefully some of this stuff was helpful for for people listening. And then, you know, again, you mentioned your some of the women that you've had on your Side Hustlers podcast. Um, why don't you just tell people really quickly what your podcast is about if they go check it out, like what they can expect? So I talk to people who are following a passion outside of their day job. Some people turn that passion into their full-time job, and that's why I'm talking to them. So I'm kind of just getting their story about why they decided to do extra work and why they're doing two jobs at once. And you were on the podcast, Amy, talking about Espoir and your podcast and all the other things you don't have to do, but you do because you're passionate about them. And I've talked to people who have started their own magazines and make no money but love creating a magazine to someone who started their own cotton candy company. So it's for me, it's exciting to hear all these people and the things they're passionate about and the things that inspire them, which in turn inspires me. And then I get to connect all of them and watch them go off and do cool collaborations. So for me, that's what I get out of it. But it's just cool hearing everyone's story and get inspired by them. Well, I love your enthusiasm um, for radio and for life and for this company and you know, what we get to do together. So I was pumped to come on your podcast. I know when I went on, you were like, oh, like, you made me smile and blush like ear to ear because you were like, I, I love you. I, yeah. Yes. You said I was a role model. And I was like, you oh, are. what? Like, I just don't see myself as that. But it definitely was flattering and really sweet. And I just want you to know that I think the world of you as well. So now people are listening I'll to cry. us kind of crush on each other. <laughs> no, but I do. I do. I think I, your, you, I, your work ethic is awesome. And I love that, you know, you know what you want to do and you're going after it. And it's cool. Cool, cool to see. And so I hope and, other people are inspired by that. And it's because people like you inspire me. And I did even get you to curse on my podcast. So if people want to go listen to the whole podcast to hear Amy curse. Well, oh, and didn't happened. I say like a bad word about Mary? Yeah. I think, yeah, it, yeah I don't, yeah, I don't so. cuss. And then all of a sudden it just came out. Sorry, Mary. <laughs> so if anyone should go listen to my podcast for any reason, it's that. <laughs> I was just, you know, talking about Pimp and Joy and Hope and Haiti and then <laughs> dropping bombs. dropping curse words, which I do not do. So, um, which isn't like a no judgment if anybody does. I, I mean, oh my gosh, my, I just have never been a cusser, but it's so weird because my dad cusses a lot. And my mom used to when I was little, and then she kind mm -hmm. of changed. Um, we started going to church, and then she just got really involved with her um, relationship with Jesus, which was great, but she knew she needed to make some changes in her oh. life. But I went from a mom <laughs> who like used to cuss at me, like if I'd missed the bus. 
<laughs> to a mom that was like so loving and kind and like, oh, okay, let's like, it was just different. What and happened? then, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah. But even to this day, like I, when I'm hanging out with my dad, like it's just so casual, it just rolls off the tongue for him, which yeah. I find funny now too, because he's, you know, getting older. But yeah, I don't know what point in my life that decision was made, but I was definitely young and I just never got into cussing. But you know, my sister says sometimes it just feels good, you know, oh, to yeah. just let it out. Just like, oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> if you need to say it, just let it out. But Listen, I'm um, born and raised in Jersey. Cursing is like an every other word <laughs> thing. So this job has been very hard for me. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, my house, too. Sometimes, you know, when you've got kids around yeah. certain words that aren't really a bad word, you make bad words, but like you kind of still say them. Um, you know, like shut up, for example, stupid. Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's how sometimes I talk to my husband. If he says something, I'll be like, Oh, shut up. You're so stupid. Right. You know, and I don't really mean it, but then my kids will pick up on it. Next thing I know, my son's like, Oh, shut up. You're stupid. <laughs> and I'm like, you can't say that. And he's like, but mom, but you, you, did. <laughs> you did. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, shoot. So, um, I'm pretty sure my parents, they had, when they were still together, they had this big dinner party. I think it was three or four years old, obviously it's a memory of mine, like, because they had to tell me about it. I don't remember it, but they had a bunch of people over and my dad cooked dinner and it was like some business thing. And, um, you know, real nice night. And like, a like a jet flew over our house. Like, I don't know, like maybe there, were, there was a base in Austin and it was like a fighter jet or something. And it was really loud. And again, that was a time where I was used to hearing both my parents cuss and apparently I at the dinner table like looked up at the ceiling and I go what the f was no, that and I said the word <laughs> and both my parents were like excuse her but then I mean hello everyone knows where I got it from right I <laughs> my mean, parents I, very similar story the garbage truck came by when I was three years old and it was so loud I told my parents that it scared the s out of me mm-hmm. and so same thing but they're like, well, we taught her. What are we going to do? Yeah, so, I know. Wash my mouth out with soap because you taught it to me. <laughs> no. I guess it's different once you are older and you know what you're saying and then you want to show respect in front of your parents and their friends. You probably shouldn't say something like that. So, yeah. um, well, thank you, Carla Marie, for coming on. Uh, <laughs> I definitely want to have you back because I think I want to talk to you about we should probably discuss. I know you recently did one of those allergy tests. Oh, yeah. And I have done one, too. So I'm super curious um maybe would you come back on and talk with me about that and I'll share with you what what my results were and what you are and kind of the different tests and then I also kind of I want to know if you think it's if you've done any tests like after you did the blood work or did you do blood work or spit or what I did blood work I did the prick test and then I also did 23andMe which did show me very similar results oh okay I need to do the 23andMe I have that kit I know you have your kit you haven't done it yet I know I need to do it so I think maybe I should have you on and we can talk about that and then I want to see how you felt and then after I eliminated things and then some stuff I'm like maybe I feel like I need to do a different test and Mm -hmm. see if my body's changed or if the other one was really accurate but then it can get expensive so I'm curious to see which one you did so I'll have you back on to talk about that and um, thank you for coming on today thank you Amy love you you're the best okay you too bye all right that's a wrap on today's episode a big thank you to and Nicole, Kale Junkie for coming on to Adam Bobo as always. Arite Nashville is his company. If you're ever here or maybe you live in Nashville and you're listening and you're interested in getting an IV, um, you should check him out. And then Carla Marie, super awesome to have like a fellow iHeart 
female in the industry on the podcast as well. So now it's time for the email shout out. And this one is from Veronica. Hey, Amy, I'm obsessed with your podcast and the Bobby Bone Show. I've been listening since I was a freshman in high school and continue to listen on podcast as I have moved from my hometown. I'm about to be a college graduate, walking in my graduation ceremony in a few weeks, and I have not had any great inspiration for decorating my grad cap until I started looking at getting a Four Things hoodie, and boom, I will be putting four things on my grad cap. My four things will be travel often, eat ice cream, stay organized, keep smiling. So I thought I would share Veronica's email because I thought it was super cute. Just wanted to say congratulations, Veronica, on graduating college. And, um, I think, you know, you're at a time of life. That's like when I'm when like graduating college and then kind of being out on my own and figuring out like, gosh, that's such a fun time to look back on. Although I was also going through a breakup at the time. So it was pretty hard when I really think back on it. <laughs> it was kind of a low, but such an exciting time for you. And I love that your four things are that awesome because I also wanted to just share those with people. Yeah. Let's all travel often all eat ice cream and stay organized and keep smiling. So appreciate the email. And I also have a bonus shout out because I just saw this one from Hannah and thought it'd be fun to give her sister Maggie a shout out because she sent me this nice little note about how Maggie is such a big fan of the Bobby Bone Show and Pimp and Joy and the podcast. So um, she was like, hey, I don't know if you could give a shout out to Maggie, who's quote unquote, your best friend, but it would make her weak. So Hannah, I'm here giving the shout out to your sister, Maggie. And Maggie, if you're listening, I hope that your sister was right. And this, you know, adds some little sunshine to your week. So appreciate everybody that's listening, um, which, you know, bringing up Pimp and Joy right there just makes me think like Pimp and Joy, you know, we often talk about the different products that we have for sale that represent Pimp and Joy, but you don't ever have to buy anything to be a part of the movement, movement, Pimp and Joy. Like you can just choose joy for yourself and spread it to others. It's that simple. So try to do that for someone today. Life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful, thing. Laugh a little more, thing. Tight, tighten up your core, thing. Said EK, you're kicking it with four things. With Amy Brown. All summer, the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. All right, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can really make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where 
they are and helps them get through things. Now, BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, well, just go to tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. 